Welcome to Death Metal Dicks, the only podcast on the internet where we love freaks and we hope the pussy stinks. Mm, true, true. I know I've talked about it a million times, but I was recounting to uh, our buddy Chad yesterday. I don't remember how it came up, but you know, the first time I went down on a girl who was ended up being my longtime girlfriend, we. Uh, You know, it started with 9-11. Mm-hmm. Got you in the mood. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we were in the same class with each other. And this teacher called us the Twin Towers. She was six oh. one. I'm six four. Yeah. And then a fucking wigger named Chantry in the class. During, literally during 9-11. Like, the second tower had just been hit where they got the TV rolled in the classroom. He's like, oh... I like walking the classroom, he's like, the Twin Towers are here. Y'all going to go down like the buildings? And she like laughed at it, kind of, you know, like, yeah, giggled it up. So we talked about it. And then there was a house party that night. Went to that smooch. That's even that's like the first time I made out with a girl. Yeah. Like the whole I mean, it was, you know, the best day of my life. Sure. At that point. Yeah smooching and i mean we laid they had a basement and we just laid on the fucking floor of this basement and talked for like three hours and then like i wasn't gonna do anything yeah yeah, like i'm not gonna touch or kiss or anything yeah we just talked and then finally out of frustration she gave me a smooch and we started making out yeah and then she jacked me off a little bit i busted real quick i don't think anybody expected that to happen no Definitely not her. Yeah. And uh, she got a page from her dad and had to go. Yeah. Her dad knew something was up. Yeah. So then the next night, Saturday, we went to our band's practice spot, which was the storage unit that I lived in. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we always say, like do band practice and then basically it's a party, you know, for where fucking teenagers hang out at. Yeah. There's like two or three in the morning. And so... She had apparently gone home. She had to work at like six o'clock at a fucking bakery. So hadn't showered, went to work at the bakery, came right to the practice space after work. So we're making out. And I, you know, I've been thinking of all day, like if I get a second crack at things, like what I'm going to do different. Yeah. And my game plan was definitely to munch box. Sure. So I go down there and well, I started, you know, I, I got, like I pulled her shirt off, sucked on nipple. Never again. I yeah, never yeah. had a nipple in my mouth before. Yeah, we're already up. You, you know what I'm saying? Did you do circles on it? Oh, I mean, yeah, we're up, dude. I mean, I yeah. suck. You know what I mean? I did it all. Yeah. And I'm buttoned her pants. And each time I'm doing something, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> and yeah, I, yeah. I, I get in there. I'm feeling around. I got no idea. I don't know what a. Cl- you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't yeah, know what's yeah. happening down there. Yeah. And uh, she said. 
I wasn't planning on doing this, which anybody experienced would go, okay, that means she didn't clean up or anything. So pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah. So I just was like, okay. And then pulled her pants off, filled it with for a while, went down on her. And uh, it was rugged, man. Yeah. I mean. Ever since then, you've just been craving that. I knew for a fact the moment my mouth made contact. Yeah. That pee really does come out of there. Yeah. Yeah. You tasted the pee? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was musty, pissy. Yeah. Piss pussy's the one, man. No, it's not. (laughs) No. (laughs) And so, you know, I was like real timid to munch it for a while after that. But yeah. And, you know, she had a big fucking bush. Yeah. And then, like, the next time she had shaved it all up and everything. So, yeah, you know, she wasn't planning on having it chowed. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, man, you get you, you take you about of a crave case that been out in oh, the yeah, rain I mean, too it's long. You know? I mean, like, henceforth, that's what I expected. Yeah. And she did have a pretty, she was a hippie, you know. Yeah. So... I've done that too. So. It was always pretty fucking funky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've put my face in a crave case that's been bad. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So you just gotta. Yeah, we're a couple of Harold and Kumars. Yeah, I'll fucking, you know. White Castle is an abomination. Oh, it sucks. The only reason that people have ever wanted it is because of Harold and Kumar. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we matched that crave case. That's pro- That's one of the top 10 worsts I've ever felt. That was fucking, yeah. That was hard time. Brutal. I mean, hammered drunk. What's in it? Is it 20 or 40 of those little fucking things? I think there's like 40 of them. Yeah. So 20 each. And then like six things of fries. Ugh. I mean, the whole thing's wet. Yeah. Like it's it's a steam gun. stupid as fuck. What a horrible idea. Yeah, it was fucking bad. That was, I think that was the worst fast food experience I've ever had. That's the only time I've ever had White Castle before. Actually, Del Taco. Del Taco was pretty rough. I had Del Taco one time and it just fucking destroyed me. Yeah. Del Taco's not too bad from what I remember. It ain't, I mean, it's the same I think thing. it's the it's one I went to. Taco no, Bell. Taco Cabana. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, of. Taco Cabana stinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all just Taco Bell, though. Yeah. Same tier of food. It's just yeah. like beef paste. Yeah. Indifferent. Crunchy and chewy things. Yeah. But yeah, first and only time I've had White Castle, fucking rugged. I've had Crystal. That all, it sucks too. I never had it. Yeah. It's just a southern ripoff of White Castle. It stinks. Mm. I like the idea of a small burger. Yeah. You know, that's fun. But a wet one, no thanks. The meat's great. It's just not good. Yeah, it sucks. Fuck that. Whataburger sucks. Whataburger sucks. People love Whataburger. You nailed it. You just said it's like a mildly upgraded Burger King. Yeah. That's Burger King sucks. Yeah, oh yeah. It announced the only good fast food. Yeah. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Chick-fil-A. Wendy's is okay. It's not good though. Yeah, no. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Popeyes. Like I wouldn't Popeyes is good. I don't ever crave I'm talking I'm I'm looking at burgers, so I I should probably even exclude Chick-fil-A. If we yeah. narrow it down to just burgers. I mean, by far number one, chain, fast food, in yeah. and out. And a lot of people shit on in and out. Retarded, man. But they're all from Texas. It from Yeah, usually, because they got Whataburger. They're like, oh, Whataburger. And in and out came there, and so they don't like that. Yeah. 
And you know, they're Christians. I don't know. There's a lot of people hate on In and Out, man, but it's the only good one. Yeah. It's plain as fuck, but it's supposed to be because the, the burger's good. Shake Shack's good. Shake Shack's good, but we don't have access to that yeah, whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And we don't really have access to In and Out four hours away. We're going to have some next week. Oh, yeah, we are. But Shake Shack's almost unattainable. Yeah. Freddy's is all right. Yeah, Freddy's It ain't good. good. Yeah. I think I like Freddy's Burger more than Shake Shack. Freddy's is the same thing as Steak and Shake. But yeah. Steak and Shake doesn't count as fast food. Yeah, because you got to sit down. Well, I just want, dude, burgers aren't supposed to be thick. It's supposed to be a crispy piece of beef. Yeah. You smash it down. It fries on both sides. If you want a lot of meat, you get four or five patties. Yeah. Anything else is an abomination. Yeah, I don't like a big juicy boy. Man. It sucks. That's not what it's for. It's meatloaf. Yeah. I like meatloaf. I don't want it on a bun. With fucking sauce on, on a bun. I don't. I don't want it's already got bread in it. Yeah. You got mashed potatoes on the side. You you get a fucking fork full of mashed potatoes. I mean, a meatball sub is just a meatloaf sandwich. Yeah, meatball subs aren't that great either. And yeah. I'm t- I uh I at least in the state I I've at a restaurant made the best meatball sub. I made an incredible meatball sub. But it's just not yeah. It's not that great. It's like real heavy. It's heavy. It's too heavy. Yeah. For a Sandy, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's one of those you invest in the slop time, you know? It's just a... Yeah, man. I'll tell you something that really fucking twists my tits. Yeah. Is food's presence on the internet has gotten out of fucking control. Yeah. Good food things on the internet are when freaks go to different countries and order something and show it to you. But the amount of fat fucking hogs, and it's always near death, like the avocado guy, the fucking one dude, uh, I think his name's Waffler69, he did die. I believe it. It's just fat, fat, fat. And they love food. So sure, they're qualified to talk about it, but the problem is they'll get in their car, they'll order 25 items and sit there and eat it and rank each thing. Addiction is a motherfucker. Yeah. People don't. TikTok's crazy. And I don't use TikTok, but I don't think there's a corner of TikTok where you watch people inject heroin. Yeah. You're supposed to do that in private. Well, it's even crazier is that people just do it for that reason. They do it to get those views. Oh, they're crushing online. People love to watch it. That fucking avocado guy was a fucking skinny ass vegan before he did all that shit. It disgusts me. Oh yeah. The nice thing about it is when I see it, it reminds me what a piece of shit you were. Not even that, just how (laughs) disgusting that shit is. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's who it's for. You know, down on the farm, wheel the slop out, dump the buckets in and ring the dinner. Here they come. Yeah. But, dude, the, it, the internet has gone too far in every aspect. But that particular genre, it's got to go, man. Yeah, I agree. Because it's not – the people watching it aren't got – us, and especially in our group chats when we see a real crazy one, yeah. we're laughing at it, having a good time. Look at these fucking Sasquatches losing their feet to this. Yeah, it, it kind of, like you said, it just kind of keeps you in check. It's like, you know, we know how we were whenever we were younger, like just fucking smashed. We didn't, nobody was there to guide us like through 
food. Yeah. Well, this is a, I hate to make a serious point on dumb shit, but this is a lot of the problem with people our age and younger is we, we didn't have a normal family. Yeah. You know, I was raised by my grandparents. They weren't around. So all they did is stock the fridge and cabinets with shit that I could cook myself as an eight, nine year old. Yeah. 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 So I just grew up on fucking hot pockets, kid cuisines, Tostino's pizza pockets, hot pockets, fucking cereal, toaster strudels, all that shit. Yeah. So processed foods are addictive, man. I mean, literally like sugar is addictive. It's a drug. If you right now, I mean, we've both, I'm sure gone through this, cut that out of your diet. You're going to feel like shit for two weeks. It takes a while to get past it. Headaches, lethargic, fucking upset stomach and shit just because you're so used to having this X amount of sugar in your system and then your body makes insulin to combat it. And it goes through a drastic shift and you don't feel that great, but then once you're over the hump, you feel a lot better than you did before. Sure. You don't crash all the time. Anyway, this ain't a fucking diet show, man. What am I doing? Let's get into the meat of the podcast. Uh, Two crimes to cover this week. We got to finish up. The Lost Youth documentary started talking about last week. I, I sat down and finished it, and god damn, dude, it got nutsos. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, not nutsos in the sense, like, if the dude was a good cult leader, he would have gotten thousands of people involved. Yeah. But it only went as far as one apartment. But the way it panned out was just, it's unfathomable. And then you just watched the video, so it's a great time to talk about this, the Young lady, and God bless police officers, man. Police officers get too much shit in our world. You know, mm-hmm. it's a job. The most stressful job, I would think. Yeah. Like, you got to deal with assholes day in, day out. You're undertrained. You're underpaid. You're working crazy schedules. Uh, you got to find a way to get rid of that stress. And that's hard because you, you're in the shit all the time. Yeah. Uh, I think a great way... Obviously, my number one go-to for relieving stress is the gym. That's a given. Yeah. And then a close number two is to get five of the biggest, blackest coworkers I have to just fucking drill me out. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to sit down for a week. I want a breeding party. I want them all to come in me. That way, I don't know which one got me pregnant. I want to have my husband watch in the corner and maybe be the last guy through. Like... Really makes my husband hot. And I live to please. Nothing better than pleasing my husband. Yeah, if he can come and fuck me after I'm busted fully open and then put his bare penis into a hole with five other guys' loads. Yeah. Because not my favorite thing. It's for him, you know? Yeah. Country pleasing pig. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that lady, the the officer that got train ran on her over and over again is now saying that that was a form of sexual assault. No, she's saying that she was groomed, groomed, right. That she resisted their advances until she couldn't anymore. Mm. Hey, that could be true. But when I first read the story, she was like, whoopsie, it was all consensual, including with my husband. We're swingers. Everybody was into it. Yeah. And then that shifted I mean, she lost her job. She's the fucking laughing stock of the internet. 
yeah. for a week or whatever. I mean, that's phased out until now that it's coming back because yeah, well, that's she's trying to sue the police department. Yeah, which in how the fuck is that the police department's fault? I don't know. I mean, it's like everybody fucked. If you're a black dude and you're trying to walk home and a crime happens three blocks away and the cops grab you, handcuff you, throw you against the car, scream at you, scare the fuck out of you. You can sue the police department. Yeah. You should sue the police department. If you're a cop and five big black cops grab you, harass you, throw you around, plug all your holes up, should you be able to sue? Yes. (laughs) What if you took a cum? Oh, if you took... Yeah, I don't know. She took a cum, dude. She took a big one. She's a fucking ginger, man. And she... Dude, there's a particular type of ginger that enjoys having trains ran on them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Freaks. Yeah. Did you know that redheaded people have a higher tolerance to drugs? See? It's fucking nuts. It's like a real thing. Huh. Kind of crazy. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, speaking of redheaded people, shout out to our buddy Tyler. I just saw online. He got engaged. No way. To a lovely redheaded lady. That is fucking crazy. All right. I'm happy for him. Yeah. Happy for that. Yeah. Love's nice. Love is nice. Especially when you tame a real wild son of a bitch. I don't know if he's tameable, but. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they probably are equally as wild, maybe. Yeah. Oh, she's, I mean, you know, that guy, been friends with him for three or four years, and he's probably dated, I don't know, 40, probably moved in 40 different people. Yeah. I don't know if I should say that, but, you know, (laughs) he's a wild dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good time. But they're all like, every time I've met one, I've been like, okay. Yeah. But she's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Definitely national podcast news. <laughs> Dude, what did, you know what, man? I'm happily married. Mm-hmm. But a great thing to do would be to have your engagement announced on InfoWars. Yeah. God damn, that would be the cream of the crop. We're coming up on 15 years, and she wants to do a, a vow renewal. Yeah. Dude. God. Could there be a way? That we could renew our vows on InfoWars. I mean, dude, I'm sure. I would settle for like one of the sideshows. Alex Jones is fucking on some freak shit anyways. I mean. Yeah, I'm a patriot. Yeah. We got a Kid Rock American flag. Yeah. 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 God. Yeah. Or you could just have Shoji Dabuchi do it. That would be sick. Yeah, I think that's obtainable. That would be a lot of money, though. Nah, Dude, man. Japanese people love money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy's rich. Yeah. It's like not obtainable. Yeah, but I feel like this is kind of like a... a what do you think we should do? For your renewal? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, 15 years of marriage, and we didn't have a proper wedding. We just went to the courthouse with you because we had to have a witness. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um... I feel like, you know, you do your thing, but I feel like you have to have a, a bachelor party. And a bachelor <laughs> yeah, party. yeah, yeah. Um, what do I do for a bachelor party, though? I've already done everything. Well, you don't get to do that. Sure. I get to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So you got you don't have a pitch at all for a vow renewal. No, I'm just trying to think, man. It could be like, uh, hmm. you could do it in Sam's Club. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, my buddy Colin got married by our buddy Josh behind a cookout. Damn. You don't remember this? No, that's It cool. like got on Tosh.0. That's sick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eating corn nuggets and cheese. So sticks. that's like hard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They like ordered them. Yeah, it rocked. That is cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Colin's cool. We reviewed his band. They're called Muscle Goose. Remember that? Yeah. It's yeah, like yeah. some weird art shit. Yeah. But uh, I didn't know him well, and I've, I've been talking. Tape Dad. <laughs> I've been talking to him a little bit, man. I didn't. That's a wild motherfucker, dude. I didn't. I, and I forgot about the cookout thing. That shit is. That's, dude. You know, it's a good bit when he gets on Tosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Tosh is growing it like, look at these fucking rednecks. But it was like, you know. Yeah. But it, out it, at by, the dumpster behind Cookout, and then yeah. Josh McClain from Heels, good buddy of ours, who's going to be playing our next live wrestling event, April 29th, Vino's, Little Rock, Arkansas. This motherfucker will sell out. I'll put a ticket link up, and I recommend, because uh, big problem in Little Rock is people don't pre-buy tickets for anything. Mm-hmm. So... We opened the doors last time a little early. We had to do it at 6 o'clock. And at 6.15, there was a fucking line wrapped around the building into the street. Yeah. So if you don't want to deal with that, get your goddamn ticket online. And don't worry when you're in the middle of Chester. Or is that, yeah, the middle of 7th Street praying that you're going to be able to get in after waiting 40 minutes. Yeah, you probably won't. Maybe it. I mean, you know, the way it's going, it, it, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's like it's getting bigger every show. So, so yeah, not to be fucking Sir Braggs a lot, but I, I want to see you there. We want to fucking pour rumple mints on you. Yeah, making shotgun beers with us. Yeah, beer bong, beer bong. We got what about a rumple mints bong? Didn't we do rumple mints bong? I'll do one. Well, I mean, you gave somebody else a rumple mints bong, beer bong. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what about a rumple beer? Nah, that's a combo. That's that's not a good combo. Yeah, it's not. But <laughs> how cool do you want to be? You know? Fuck. Yeah. Oh, my album of the week. You got one ready? Yeah. Nice, dude. I have been fucking cranking. Lionheart, welcome to the West Coast three all week. Lionheart is uh, it's one of those bands that's been around, I would call them not a hardcore band, but an adjacent to hardcore bands, I think, and I don't know because I'm not involved anymore. It's one of those bands that's like definitely considers himself to be, yeah. but I don't think that people that purely like hardcore like them probably see him as, you know. I think it would be like categorized like tough guy hardcore. Yeah. yeah. And people don't like that. Yeah. Except that a certain person, which the demographics are, you know, 13 to 15 year old boys mm-hmm. or dudes in your late 30s. Yeah. I mean, the band full of legacy wiggers. Yeah. It's like a newer take on E-Town Concrete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know. My gripe with this genre is always that the people making the music don't really seem to be the part of a hard guy. 
the guys in Lionheart are in good shape. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what they grew up like, but uh, I mean, uh, for, you know, probably third generation legacy wigger. Yeah. Getting hard in the yard. Yeah. Type of shit. Yeah. E-Town Concrete, you know, that's the standard because it's nasty wigger tunes about being tough in the place in America with the highest per capita crime. Yeah. Criminals. Mm-hmm. Verified. Yeah. So it's hard for me to be in that genre if you're not on that level. I, I don't know if Lionheart is or not, so they get a pass. Yeah. But I enjoy this album. I'm a late-in-life Lionheart fan because when I checked into it previously, it was very corny to me. But I don't know what's happened in the last year or so. I just... Love corny shit more and more. You know? It's nostalgic. Yeah, I guess. I think it's nostalgic in a lot of ways. Because I like that. I dig that band. Sure. Yeah, I uh, I found a new band called Roadhog. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just find it because the name's funny? No, no, no. Did it pop up on something? Yeah, it was like, like similar Road to. Hog. I don't remember. I think it was like Persecutor or something like that. But uh, <laughs> the album's called Gates to Madness. It's like very, uh, I don't know, man. It's like, it's. That new wave of traditional heavy metal, but it's definitely like, you know, drinking and driving tunes. Uh, fucking good. The dude's voice is amazing. Like, it's just very like, he does he does a high-pitched screaming shit, but he does it in a way that's not like ripping off anybody. I don't feel like he just does his thing. It just sounds like a high-tuned Trans Am, man. Like, nice. fucking, I mean, top five band names. Yeah. Roadhog, man. Yeah. And it's just, is it a motorcycle or is it a... Uh, a dick in its car. Hog is one of the greatest words of all time. Yeah. Think back with me, if you will. What was the origin of slop hog? Is that something that we naturally came up with, or did somebody say that? I think we were watching like uh, the Tim and Eric Krimbus special thing. Okay. And he said something like, you're a pig or something like that. And then I said slop hog. All right. And then I mean, it sounds thing. like something you would say. But we were high as fuck. Sure. Smoke. I don't ever smoke weed, but that was also the same night that... uh. I figured out what fog hat meant. We had like a a period of smoking weed. Yeah, yeah. It sucked. Yeah, not a fan. No. I tried. It was sick for a while, and then just the paranoia came out of nowhere. Yeah, dude. I used to just like smoke a blunt on my way to jiu-jitsu <laughs> and be high as fuck and train jiu-jitsu, and then now I'm just like, there's an, I, I couldn't even take a hit, man. <laughs> dick goes inside itself. Yeah, I never really liked training high. I don't get that. Everyone I know that does it, Explains it like you're so ripped that all you can focus on is what's going on, but my brain does not fucking work like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I freak the fuck out. Yeah, the worst time it ever happened to me is we went to our friend's gym. Shout out to Genesis Jiu-Jitsu in Fort Worth, Texas. Still going. Badass fucking gym. If you live in the area, there's a lot of options, but goddamn, dude. Albert Hughes, Eric Lincoln... Top-notch instruction, sick environment, a lot of no-gi, no fucking politics or judgmental bullshit. So shout out to Genesis. Yeah. Long-time fan. Went there one time, and uh, I had smoked dabs one time before. Whew. But it was like, at the time that I did it was like a fucking anomaly. It was like a transcendent experience. Yeah. You know the depths of depravity that people will go to just to get weed? It's not like that anymore. Yeah. I mean, we were in Las Vegas, and it's 
legal to just walk into a store and buy it. Yeah. But fucking 10 years ago, you had to know somebody that knew somebody where you could go. I feel like it was decriminalized, so it wasn't like super sketchy, but you couldn't fly with weed. You had to go find it. So I wasn't a weed guy then, but I would definitely do it under the right circumstances. But I've been put in the worst situations because my animal friends have to have weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of our friends cannot go more than four hours without pot. They start fiending, being irritable. Yeah. So, like, the first mission, once the plane lands, is to find weed. So, one of my friend's friends had a friend go to his apartment, lunatic. So, this dude, and everyone knows what dabs are now. It was like a new shit. And the guy was making them himself. He was a fucking weed dealer. And he just kept locked on the meat for whatever reason. And is explaining to me like how to take butane and soak the fucking buds in it and extract the THC. And God, I could not give a fuck less. But I know yeah. I can't ruin their weed buying experience. So I'm like sick. And he's got a huge pit bull and like cool ass dog. But every time the dog does anything like bark or fucking get happy, he's getting on to excessively to the point where it boils over and he karate chops the fucking dog. Damn. And I hate to see that man. Yeah, yeah, but again, yeah. dude, we're at his mercy. I'm just, we were there. I would say for 90 minutes and the plan for the day is like, we've got a free day. It's a Thursday. Like I want to go do some Las Vegas shit and they want to go hike this mountain called Turtlehead. I don't. It, it wasn't too gnarly. I think it was something like a, a total of four, maybe five hour hike. And if I'm going to go on a hike, I'm I'm cool to smoke weed before that. They, I wouldn't do it now, but then it, it was fine. And so we hit this fucking dab, and I just got, I mean, another level of blasted. And we go do this hike. And like, I remember the hike and I'm always the fattest dude out of my hiking friends. I'm the slowest. I usually warn people beforehand, like, yo, just fucking go ahead. I'll get there. Like I get furious when my knees start hurting and shit and I'll fucking cuss and swear. And I don't want people to see that side of me, but dude, I was just so warped the fuck away and they, we had a speaker and we put on Sleep's Dub Smoker. And like, there was no struggle in the hike. We were just walking and it's like straight up. And then we got to the top of the fucking mountain, sat there for a little bit, smoked some weed and went back down. It was nuts. So I had like a pretty good impression of dabs. Yeah. Like I was coming down off of it by the time we got to the car, went out that night. Got fucking nanners. So the next time I smoked it, we're at Genesis. Albert had his dab rig. Everyone's ripping it. There's like, you know, the gym's closed. There's like six of us that are going to train. It's me and five black belts, which like, I'm fucking big and, and all right. So I never, I can grapple with people that are a lot better than me and put up like a good front and just like, make it through rounds and not get crushed too bad. I'm not going to be able to do shit to them, but it's going to be worthwhile. Like they're not just yeah. going to fucking scrub the floor with me. And, uh, there's a dude named Braden there. Who's really good. He's like my size. He's a black belt. And we had like, 
kind of dodged each other in competition. He was always a little bit further along than me. And uh, we were both in an absolute one time. And he got out the round before I got out. And I got out that next round anyway. But, like, I know... Because there isn't a lot of dudes our size. There is now. But at that time, there wasn't a ton of dudes around. And I had never even trained with him before. But, you know, we all know the same people. And we're, like, friendly with each other. And I know he, like, had something to prove. You know what I mean? Like, he always wanted to get a fucking taste of me. And, uh, like, I competed in Texas a bunch. And I... I was doing leg locks before, like leg locks are like the thing now. Yeah. And I was a little bit ahead of that curve, not by my own volition, but just training with that Billy Robinson dude. Like I learned a lot of shit that a lot of people didn't know. And it was like unfavorable and positionally, it's like not that great. Like you get two points for a takedown and then you're in someone's guard. And if you leg lock them and they get up on top and you don't get the leg lock, they get two points under the rules that I normally compete in. So it's like not advantageous but people didn't do them a lot so motherfuckers didn't know how to defend them so i was like crushing a lot of leg locks so like yeah you know anyone that's like in the same weight as me and then like bert like bert would coach me a lot down there and shit so everyone knew what i was up to and i think he just like wanted to smash me and you know this guy's dabbing and smoking weed and shit all the time i'm not i did a couple of dabs dude and uh just got fucking nightmare high yeah. Just trying to hang out with the guys. Like a mental in. breakdown, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like on yeah. the verge of it. And yeah. then, you know, we're training. Or and you look at yourself in the mirror in the bathroom and go, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. what am I doing? Uh, you know, all like our buddy Mark um, is a nasty fucking black belt. And I've trained with him for fucking. I mean, I, I don't train now, but when I was, you know, I trained with him for like at that time, probably like seven, eight years, almost every day. And so usually, like, if we go to a different gym, we'll be each other's warm-up rounds because, you know, we're not going to try to – we don't have anything to prove to each other. We're just going to, like, move around and get warmed up and shit. And I was already, like, in deep trouble. And he's like, you good, man? And I'm like, uh, yeah. And so then the next round, uh, I wanted to grapple Albert. Albert's the same shit. Like, Albert's better than all of us. He knows it. And so nothing to prove. He's not going to, like, come after me. He's going to, like, you know – show me some cool shit. Like he's going to tap me and, and beat me for sure. But then he's going to like explain it and like, Hey, here's like where you're fl- It's going to be chill. Yeah. But then no, I get Braden and he's like all guns blazing. Like I've wanted to fucking get a PCU for a couple years. Just fucking kicks my fucking ass, you know? And I'm like, I'm training all the time then. So my mind frame, like there's no way I'm going to like stop the round. And, uh, Oh my God. I mean, I, I could have cried. Like I literally, like oh, yeah. how mentally unstable I was at the time. I, I, I mean, I felt like I was like fighting back tears, not because I was like hurt or embarrassed, just because it was like an intense experience, you know? Yeah, yeah, It yeah. sucked. Yeah, I went on the dabs one time and I fucking... Yeah, mm, fuck that shit, man. scary, dude. It's so fucking <laughs> scary. I had to lay on the couch and just be like, fuck, man, when's this going to be over? It's a lot, dude. It's like you get... Like, I was like, I just tried to eat anything and everything not because i was hungry but because i just wanted it to stop yeah you know? oh i had to go back and go to bed like i think i did and then i did two rounds with albert and i explained to albert like dude i'm like having a breakdown <laughs> and he was like ah oh, it's cool man and then you know worked through it and then i just went and fucking passed out and woke up at like 10 o'clock and then went to a bar yeah <laughs> yeah shit 
Dumb yeah. shit. But yo, let's snack back into what we were talking about last week. This fucking stolen youth documentary. Uh, you got to listen to part one again. If you're new listener or you're just getting comfortable with the format, we're, we're not being tied on subject matter anymore. We never were. So we're not like going through and trying to read out facts. Cause that was fucking wonky. I'm back on Adderall, dude. Yeah. I'm in the fucking zone. Yeah. As long as I don't have like another fucking mental breakdown from taking Adderall, this train's going to roll. Yeah. Basically, this fucking guy, everyone knows the type of compulsive liar that pretends that they were some sort of government agent. Yeah. That's this guy. But his shit's pretty credible because he's got pictures and video of him being with all these fucking foreign dignitaries. Like, he's got Mikhail Gorbachev to come here. What the fuck? But just con man shit. Yeah. So there's video of him like walking around with Mikhail Gorbachev, but then he he was an informant for the FBI for a while because he had mafia connections and just a piece of shit that had like was such a good con man. He had weaseled his way into some legit scenarios, but he got found out. He went to prison uh, for mob money schemes. He had gotten out, gone to this college where his daughter was at, stayed in this fucking art college dorm and started talking these fucking kids into believing that he's a fucking Andrew Tate, Operation Werewolf, Liver King, life-changing type of motherfucker. Convinces them to move to his apartment in New York City and then runs them through the typical cold shit. He's like feeding them Adderall, keeping them up at night, uh, making them do hard exercise. Uh, they turn the apartment into like a fucking wood shop. It's an apartment in New York City. Mm. It's tiny. They bring in a ton of tools and they're like doing woodwork and shit at all hours of the night. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> and at this time, it's four people. It's damn, I'm going to blow it because the ones that originally went to the apartment were Talia, Dan, Claudia, Isabella, Santos, And then eventually Santos' sisters came. Dan is the dude that, from last episode, him and Ray double-teamed Isabella. Mm -hmm. So Ray is trapped in this apartment with these freaks. He wants out on video. So that's another thing this Ray dude is doing is like while he's fucking teaching these people lessons. He's filming it. Yeah. So like on the Hulu documentary, they show you this fucking brutal shit, man. The dude Ray didn't do anything wrong. He just, or not Ray, uh, Dan didn't do shit wrong. He just questioned Ray on something because again, what the dude was doing, he would, he would like tell the kids in the apartment, like, here's all the things you did wrong. Here's how much money it's going to cost to fix it. Your families need to give me this money so we can make this right. And just constantly kept him under scrutiny. So every day there was a new mental torment session about how you're wrong. You have to make it right. And then nothing's ever good enough. So it's just constantly like berating these kids. And again, my side of it is like, they're all fucking morons yeah. for getting involved in it and letting it go this far. Uh, so 
at this point, Dan feels trapped. He's got nowhere to go. He's stuck in this apartment. He can definitely go back to the dorms, but he doesn't want to abandon everyone else. He's, he's kind of getting sick of this shit. And also Ray's always around. So he thinks that Ray will kill him. And when I first heard that, I was like, dude, it's an old guy. Just beat his ass or like push him and, yeah. and run away from him. So the shit got so intense where he's chastising Dan. The video picks up. So he's got a sledgehammer in his hand mm-hmm. and he's got vice grips. He's hitting Dan in the chest with a sledgehammer, a little sled, like a one-handed sledgehammer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hard. It's like la- it's a, a fucking, as JR would say, a sickening thump. And like getting on to the dude and he's like, you know you're wrong, right? And he's like, yes, I know I'm wrong. Pow. He's like, I don't believe you. Pow. Hits him like four times and then takes the vice grips and grabs his fucking tongue with him oh. and starts pulling it and is like, you say the wrong thing one more time and I'm going to rip your fucking teeth out with these. I'm going to pull your fucking jaw off of your face and then it hits him with a sledgehammer. And you know, he's, he's done got, it before. He's, he, oh, yeah. He's doing some mob shit, dude. Sure. God, yeah, you're not a damn. first. You're not a first time vice grip user. No, man, that's <laughs> thought the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So that was like an eye opener on like once they've gotten this far. Now you can kind of start to feel bad for some of them because this is like what's going on. Mm-hmm. And like the girls in the videos, you don't see them getting hit, but they've got like black eyes and shit all the yeah, time. Yeah. Like, you know, he's beating them up. So the first thing on the second part is basically Dan getting out of there. Like Ray leaves the house for the day. Everyone's like in bed and Dan just makes a break for it. And he's like afraid to just go out of the apartment. So he like climbs a water tower and is like thinking about killing himself, but then decides to just take the fucking fire escape down goes back to the university and like links up with like that Raven girl yeah. and the people that, that kind of saw through the guy's bullshit and you know, just picks back up going to college and then like Ray's trying to get him back. He's calling him on the phone all the time and they're like, don't answer. So he stays off the phone. He just makes himself so busy that he can't be involved in this bullshit. Yeah. He ends up getting two jobs going through college and occupies himself twenty four seven. It's kind of like uh, when you when you're fresh out of rehab, you know. You, you're, yeah, he's detoxing. He's right. He's just trying to keep his uh, trying trying to gain his old self back again. You know, after years of of essentially getting high with with the rhetoric this guy's been feeding him, you know, it's and it got to a toxic place, and now he's just trying to fucking figure himself out again. Yep, keep himself busy. Then the next thing that's going on is Santo's sister. Uh, Felicia is the first one that comes, and then he ends up talking. And this is the craziest part of the the entire documentary to me. Like, this is where, I mean, that was crazy, the hammer thing, but this is where mentally the whole thing steers off the rails. Uh, Santo's sister's Yalitza, all right? She graduated from Yale went to Harvard Medical School, mm-hmm. is a doctor. Yeah. Through talking to her on the phone, he is convinced a fucking doctor that people in California are trying to kill her. Hmm. It goes on and on. She ends up believing it. She thinks the only way for her... And again, this is over the phone. Yeah. So... 
I mean, obviously she's not dumb. She's a fucking doctor, but at the same time, bro. Yeah, but street smarts and book smart, two different things. Sure. Ends up convincing her to come to this fucking apartment. Her brother and sister are already there. This other girl, Isabel, is there. But the thing is, they've also somehow struck up a romantic relationship. Mm. And, you know, Ray's an old, fat, bald, mustached Italian guy. I mean, he looks like a fucking retired FBI agent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, look, he looks like BTK. Like what BT- the fuck kind of shit were they making in the woodwork, woodshop? I don't know. They just are doing projects. Shelves. Yeah. Nothing what good. Was, what if they were just like co-work for fucking the wood job? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of is. I got your fucking wood shop right here. So, first night of arrival. Isabella and Ray sleep in bed together. She's going to come and sleep in the bed with them. Pulls the covers back. Isabella's butt naked. Mm. Ray's butt naked. Mm. And Isabella's got Ray's hog in her hand. Yeah. And according to her, she's like, what the hell is, is going on? I thought we were. And he's like, yeah, this like is the relationship. She likes to sleep naked. And she's like, well, I'm not really comfortable with her holding your dick. And he's like, well, it's what makes her comfortable. So you're going to kind of have to put up with it for her sake. She's like, okay. He's like, but you're not allowed to be in the bed with clothes on. So instant three-way. Yeah, yeah. And dude, these girls are hot. Crazy, man. And while this is going on, the girl Claudia, who was the one that he convinced is schizophrenic, even though her parents, her psychiatrist, everyone that knew her is like, no, you're not. Yeah. That's not true. That's not going on. Don't listen to that. She's in debt to him. They're running out of money. Supposedly, she, of her own volition, decides, the only way that I'm going to be able to make money is to sell pussy. Hey. And it's like high end. I think an hour with her was like 2000 bucks. Damn. So she's on some fucking escort service thing with you know yeah nice pictures and she's out there cashing out uh she in doing that distances herself and gets her own apartment but she's sending the money to ray hmm. the classic pimp prostitute relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. he's supposed to be handling her finances she's supposed to be giving him all the money Unbelievable. I mean, I, and, and until you encounter somebody like that, it is unbelievable. But there's there's just people who are like just so fucking good at being con artists that like they they just it's like they they know how to read people so good that they can get you on board with whatever. Like it's, I've only encountered two people like that in my entire life, and it's just fucking like if you. If you're not street smart, that's a, that's like one of the concerning things. Is like they're not gonna fuck with somebody who knows their way around, like just bullshit. Yeah, you know, you're not gonna do that. You can do it with like somebody who's uh, a fucking night clerk at a fucking hotel. Uh, 
somebody good with numbers, you somebody who's book smart. You can always do that kind of shit to those kind of people because they don't, they're not like emotional intelligence isn't their thing. The intelligence is like just the the whatever subject they're good at. Mm. And this guy's subject is that he's good at fucking conning people. Yeah, so it's like. Especially emotionally. Yeah, man. Like, if you can do that, man, and you, and that's, like, years of practice. And also, it probably stems from some type of abuse that he had when he was a kid. Like, he probably had, like, a parent that was like that. But, man, fucking, like, when you when you come across somebody like that, it is, like, it is fucked up how even after everything falls apart, people still keep in contact with the person that fucked you up the worst. And, like, you're still on their side. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. It's fucking nuts. Man. Oh, yeah. We're getting there. Yeah. Uh so the first person with Santos's family to leave is Felicia. She gets out. Immediately has to go to like deprogramming therapy, live in a group home situation so she can be like brought back in to reality. And her whole life becomes therapy because she's so fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From the whole thing. I mean, it's like like you said like an addict where they have to do like live in treatment and then constant meetings and support groups. She has to do that. Yeah. So that's what her life becomes. Santos finally gets out of there. And around the same time, Oh, this is how Santos got out. So he gets evicted from the apartment. He needs money right away. So he takes the two girls and says, hey, I think Claudia, the prostitute, is shorting us on money. Let's go collect. So this is where, legally, Isabella is in trouble now. Because they go, and on fucking tape, intimidate and coerce Claudia to give them money, threaten bodily harm. Mm. The works. Yeah. Uh... Santos' other sister, I can't, the doctor, I'll just call her the doctor because I don't know how to pronounce the name exactly, Yatiaja. The doctor says she has no memory of that. She was so fucking mentally warped that she doesn't remember what was going on. She's having a hard time with like what happened, what didn't happen, what's wrong, what's right, like trying to get back to reality, which is like, we're on the third episode now, the fourth episode. I mean, it, it's fucking sad, but it like, I mean, they even took me, who the whole time is like, these guys are fucking retarded. Yeah. To being like, God damn, they got fucked up. Yeah. Feeling bad for them. Uh, Claudia, the prostitute, is not in this documentary at all. Her mom is. Um, they don't have contact anymore. And that was this dude's main thing, too, is just like he convinced all of them that their parents wanted him dead. We're trying to kill him. He was the only one that could protect them. Well, if you're going to do that, like be a cult guy, you have to do that. Yeah. You have to cut off all ties oh, yeah. with your old It's just son. crazy that he did like the classic cult formula on such a small scale. Sure. And then evicted from the apartment, go to collect this money. He has to find somewhere to stay. He's got some friends that they can stay with in New Jersey. So they move into this house, end up pushing the friends out of the house, take over the house, and they're just doing like unhinged shit all the time, right? Like... They think there's black mold in the house, so they keep pulling up all the floors, bleaching the floors, retiling the floors, pulling the walls apart, 
cleaning the insides of the walls, redoing the walls. He's got all this fucking heavy equipment somehow in the yard. So they like dig the yard up and then redo the fucking, like re fucking plant, like put the dirt back in how they want it, put the grass back. And the dude's like, you guys didn't do this the fucking right way. You fucked this whole thing up. We're starting all the way over. Like that's what every day is. Just these fucking physical projects of we're doing this again. We're doing this again. We're doing this again. So they don't have any time to think about anything or do anything else. They're up all the time. Uh, Santos got booted from the whole thing by Ray when they went to the house. Cause I think he could only have two people with him. So it's his doctor sister and Isabella in the house with him. They decided they're married. They don't have a ceremony or, or like legally binding marriage, but they decide like, Hey, we're married. And the dude's looking fucking rugged at this point. Yeah. I mean, he just, you know, like once dudes, I think we're all in agreement even if you're a lady listening, that dudes generally age a lot better than women. Yeah. Like once we get into our fifties, a lot of women today, especially like the, I think the, the thing with like the women that we see, we saw when we were younger that were like in their fifties that looked like they were in their seventies is it wasn't like fashionable for women to lift weights and shit. Yeah. And now it is. Yeah. So you'll see a lot of, a 50-year-old's even now, and, you know, unfortunately, a fucking 50-year-old is, like, 15 years older than us at this point. So yeah. they're in the gym and shit, and they, same thing. They're, like, aging a lot better. I feel like women are aging a lot better now than they used to, as long yeah, as they're yeah, taking yeah. the right steps. Because, like, it's insane. Like, I read an article the other day that for women, strength training eliminates the symptoms <laughs> of aging by 85%. Like yeah. your skin uh, keeps its elasticity more, uh, you know, your your hormones, the production of them stays way more regulated because your body's having to combat like the strain you're putting on it. Uh, the more muscle you have, the less fat that you gain. Yeah. So, you know, good on women for that. I'm not trying to shit on women. The only point I'm trying to make is like, what will happen with a lot of dudes is that they don't do that. So if you're a dude and you, you get into like your sixties, like you really start going downhill unless you're super proactive about it. I mean, you know, dudes now, I mean like uh, Joe Rogan is, is probably my best example because he's like 55. Yeah. And to look at him, he looks 30. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so you got to take testosterone, you know, you got to get in, to some fucking skincare regimen. You got to work out all the time because once you give up, like your shit falls apart. Sure. And then on top of that, you know, you got to be sleeping eight hours a night. You got to be drinking water. And this dude's fucking whacked out. He's not sleeping. Yeah. So in, in the fucking two year span that this has gone on, he looks like he's aged 20 fucking years. I mean, he looks like a goddamn ghoul and they're just fucking and sucking him. And well, a lot of, a lot of times people like that are so fucking crazy that, um, their subconscious eats at them too for the things that they're doing, but they can't stop doing it. Yeah. So that'll make you age too. Just the, the cortisol. Stress levels, and shit. Yeah. Sure. You know, just probably through the roof and then like knowing that you're really like fucking people up, but you can't help yourself. Yeah. And you know that you're a piece of shit. And so like deep down he's punishing himself, but when he does it, he does that. He, it comes out. It comes out into the people that he's around mm. and he's abusing them. So it, You'll see a lot of people like that. They age crazily just be, just because they're not they aren't taking care of themselves. It's you know? crazy how raggedy got. And so, 
this goes on in this house for two years. And then everybody that was abused by the guy has tried to bring it to the authorities in any way they can to get charges pressed against him. And like none of the stuff that they're bringing to them is interesting enough for them to entertain charges until Claudia has a recording of them threatening her and they're idiots. Yeah. They lay it all out on the tape. Like, yeah, I made you be a prostitute to make me this money. You're not giving me the money. You're holding back on me and like runs her through his typical psychological shit. So finally the authorities get involved and it's a lot of her mom, like beating the cops down. Like, this is crazy. Listen to this. Like, this is insane. Here's her prostitute page. Like, here's what's going on. You got to interview her. So they, they build a case against him and man, he's getting charged with racketeering, prostitution, human trafficking. He's I mean, he's going away for life. Yeah. So he finally gets arrested by local authorities. They arrest Isabella. The doctor stays. Isabella gets out. He gets out. He's back on his shit, basically saying, like, I'm just being unfairly persecuted. Nothing's going to happen. And then the FBI gets involved. Yeah. And the FBI raids the house, arrests him, takes everything in the house, which is, you know, all these videos and, like, everything that proves everything. So he's fucked. He's gone. The two girls are now in the house. So the fourth episode picks up where they're with the girls, talking to them about what's going on. And they're both like, you know, he's the love of my life. He's the most important person in my life. He's done everything for me. He's changed my life. He's the best human that's alive. He's a great man. I'm married to him. I want to have his kids. Life is great. I don't know why they're taking him away from us. And they're explaining like all the yard work and the projects and shit. Like it's just regular life. Yeah. It's crazy to see. And it's, you know, like polyamory and polygamy and shit is already weird enough. Yeah. But I mean, they're their own twisted functioning three person couple. Yeah. Like the girls aren't doing anything with each other. They're just both married to him. It's a very, uh, you know, we, we kind of got into the last episode of the kind of like life coachy shit where it's like you, people crave, uh, structure, and then whenever somebody has a guideline for it and makes it so that you can do that, but then they take advantage of it and like are able to like control everything that you're doing and be like, no, this is for you, you know, and then enable to just like portray themselves as such a good person. I mean, they do all this shitty stuff, and deep down, most of them know that they're fucked up, and yeah, you know, I don't, man, it's crazy, it's crazy. Yeah, it's a fucking mess. And then, you know, Isabella finds out that she's facing like racketeering, human trafficking charges. And so the doctor's attorney advises her like, yo, you have got to distance yourself from this. You got to get out of that fucking house. And then as a result of that, the other girl's attorney decides the same thing. So now they're both out of there. Um The doctor gets her own apartment and 
she's staying by herself and then she's like slowly coming to the realization that none of it was true. And so now she just like threw away four years of her life and not only four years of her life, but you know, they call being a doctor a practice Yeah, because you're never like fully a doctor. I mean, you are, but you're like constantly having to learn and complete courses and reapply for licenses. And so, you know, there's video of him telling her she's going to let her license lapse. And so like, she's fucked. She can't be a doctor anymore. She ends up having to work at a fucking Amazon warehouse. Oh fuck. And mentally she's like, I want to get back to that, but I'm like not in a good place. And I don't even know how to explain what happened. Yeah, just broken, man. Which I'm sure now that that is like on Hulu and stuff, she'll probably be able to work her way back to that because it's, you know, well, like the, the, the thing about these type of people is like they, that when they talk to you at the at first, they try to get you on board unless they see you as a threat, and then they they uh, introduce chaos. It, 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 it doesn't matter at some point in time in your relationship whether it's positive in the beginning or it's negative in the beginning. They're going to introduce some type of chaos. I have to keep that chaos going so that you can never think for yourself because you're so stressed out all the time about the next thing that's going to happen or these people are coming after me or if I do this wrong, my punishment's going to be this. So your your cognitive thinking is like fucking out the window because you're just in survival mode. And then if you're in survival mode, it's kind of like we talk about like when, you, when you're scared, you're going to go buy shit. You're going to see advertisement and go buy something. But when you're scared, you're going to do what somebody tells you, especially if they seem to have all the answers. So it's it's just, I mean, like the human brain's fucking wild. Like how some people develop the way they do, and and you know can be good human beings and try to help other people, and then in the other aspect where it's just they have like this fucked up, demented version of that where they say they're helping you, but they're really just trying to hurt you and help themselves. Yeah, yeah, nightmare shit, and then. Isabella's got her own apartment, but she still is on Team Larry. Hmm. And their attorneys are like, you got to knock this off. Like, it's not looking good. So she is kind of peeling back from it for the documentary, but you can tell. Yeah. You know, and she doesn't understand why she's in trouble. So, you know, the attorneys like play her the tape of them going to that Claudia girl's apartment and she's like on the tape threatening her and she's trying to explain her side of the story and then the doctor girl starts going to therapy. She ends up finally seeing her parents again and she's like legit nervous. Like she's and the documentary crew is following her. So you're getting a dry receipt view of what's going on with her emotionally. And she's like breaking down and shit, just seeing them. Like she can't even go. She ends up meeting up with them. But she, the first time she can't, she just sees them and loses her fucking mind. Yeah. You know, she's like, I know that my parents don't want to kill me. But I'm also very nervous that my parents want to kill me. Yeah. So, I, you know, they've talked on the phone and like sorted it out. But she she has a fucking real hard time doing it. And they finally see each other. She breaks down. And she wants to go see her sister, who, like I said, is just her whole life is treatment now. And her sister is in an apartment. And she's the documentary crew's out. You know, she knocks on her door. Documentary crew's out there with the doctor. 
and she won't come out. She's like, I just can't right now. You know, and the girl's like, I love you. I just want to see you. I'm so sorry. You were right. And like all the shit, but the girl's also breaking down behind the door. You can't see her. And she's like, I know I love you too. I miss you, but I, I can't, I can't do this. Like we just can't do it. Yeah. So the wrap up of it all is Larry Ray ends up being sentenced to 60 years in prison for racketeering, conspiracy, violent crime, and aid of racketeering, extortion, sex trafficking, forced labor, tax evasion, and money laundering. So he'll die in prison. Good. Good. Let me see if I can find the... Also, another thing that's really crazy to think about is like him being the reason why he was able to do that is he was able to create like a, a trauma response about that girl's parents. Like they're they're going to kill you, and like he was able to convince her so to the point where uh, even after all this, like she still feels that way, you know. Like so, there's still like this tie between yeah. you know. It's it's fun. That's crazy. That's fucking real crazy shit. Real crazy shit. Um, Isabella ends up getting. Four years in prison for her role and everything. As far as the end of it goes, the doctor is just basically like in treatment. Um, it tells that everyone else like kind of went on to do at this point, but you know, it's inconsequential. Like everyone else got out pretty much got free aside from the mental trauma. Uh, Claudia couldn't be contacted. And part of that was because, you know, she obviously committed crime by being a prostitute, but she was coerced into it. So she had to like really work with the authorities to be able to yeah. put the guy away. So you don't really know what happened with her. Her mother hasn't heard from her. Bonkers. Wow. Every time I see shit like this or like any type of sex crime, even like the cops banging that lady out, like, I'm a fucking horny ass dude. Yeah. I've never wanted pussy so bad to do something. I was about to say illegal, but like I would drive drunk to get to it. I'll bring drugs. Yeah. But not like harmful. Yeah. To another person. Not immoral. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just hasn't ever even crossed my mind. Yeah. And that's uh, like, we've all been quote unquote friend zoned and shit before. I've never been like, how can I fucking manipulate this bitch? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's really the difference between you and a, and a fucking socio psychopath. Yeah, sure. You know? I mean, like I get that. And I know there's like mental structures and, and shit that happens to people, which doesn't make it right. But like, it's crazy how your brain can work where something happens in the world and you, you can't even like process. It's like something that's never ran through your mind before. You're yeah. presented with a brand new situation. And then you try to think about like, could I do that? How, like, what would lead, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah, always yeah. do shit like that. Like, like robbing a bank. Yeah. I mean, there's been plenty of times where I'm like, yeah, that would be sick. Yeah. You know, like, how would I do it? Like, those are fun thoughts. That's obviously like a gnarly crime. Yeah. But the other shit, it's like, I don't even know where to begin and end with like 
pressuring. Like I don't even like there's been a couple times that I've said things to girls that I felt like was a creepy thing to say. Yeah. And been like, ugh, what yeah. the fuck did I yeah, just say? Yeah. Type of shit. Sure. Like, oh, I'm sorry. And I think uh one thing, one specific thing I can think of is uh this girl was like hanging out with me and two of my friends and I liked the girl and I just had no clue on how to deal, like navigate those waters at all. And everyone like we're, we probably were 16, 17. And we're like walking around this neighborhood drinking. I wasn't drinking. They're drinking. And, uh, Everyone's like talking about fuck stuff, like, and they had all. Everyone in the whole group had like done it all already, but not yeah, me, obviously. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to like be in the conversation, and then I'm kind of like a little bit behind everybody, where I don't think anybody could hear me, and I'm like talking to the girl because she had already been talking about like getting her pussy eaten and fucking and like all this stuff, and this is just making me like, wow, it's like, yeah, girl's wild, maybe you know. Maybe she'll touch my beaver. And my line, and I still, like, if I got high right now and I was laying in bed, this would haunt me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. i go, uh, hey, what if I just gave you head for free? <laughs> That's not too bad, man. <laughs> That's crazy. That's insane. No, man. Like, what would I charge for it? Yeah. I think my intention was, like, uh, I was trying to make a move, like, what if I just gave you head and I didn't expect anything in return? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was like the thing I was trying to come out with. But then, but, like, but you're thinking like the head's going to be so good she's going to have to do something. It's a crazy off. Yeah. Like it's a crazy off. Like this is how inexperienced you are, and like other time, like with a you know the successful things that have ever worked out with a girl and me. Like the process is almost always identical. Where it's like I've never. That's like the most forward I've ever been, and yeah. that that was like so. Like as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was just like, "Oh, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying." Yeah, and she like everyone heard it. It's gonna keep me up at night. Everyone heard it and was like laughing. I mean, it was uh, horrifying. Yeah, my did friend, you just play it off as a joke though? You had to, right? No, I was like, I don't know what the fuck I just said. Oh, I was like, you know, it was like I didn't mean. I that. would love. To. <laughs> like I was. I mean, I was. Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, I didn't mean that. I don't know what happened. Like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, horn, horniness just took over. Oh yeah, it took yeah. the fucking driver's seat. Yeah. But I mean, I've never had like game or a fucking system to talk to women or to pick up women. The only thing that's ever like worked out for me is just like having regular conversation. Yeah. And then the uh, like the other most forward I've been is like when I had an apartment by myself, I'd be like. I got a, a big screen and a hookah and a dog and yeah, like offer stuff or like, Hey, I'm a really good cook. If you want to come over sometime, like those have always been the things that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's regular ass shit. Yeah. Just to, uh, that was always like my way of saying like, I'd like to hang out with you, but not in public. Yeah. I'll eat your beaver for free. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's unhinged. I like that, man. <laughs> Yeah, no, that haunts me to this day. My my friend Phil was there. I guarantee he like, if I just sent him that message right now, he would go fucking berserk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's just some shit that is like you can never like no one will ever forget that. You can never take it back. She married one of the dudes that was there. Okay. So like 
you know, I should have showed up. If I was as funny as I think I am, I should have gone to their wedding. And when the preacher goes, does anybody object yeah, to this speak marriage? now or forever, hold your piss. I should have just stood up and be like, I don't think you should pussy for free. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been sick. Oh, probably the greatest bit of all time. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, yeah, dude. I'm just, you know, that's just like the, like I, that is me trying to relate to horniness taking over. Man, you know what would be fucking hilarious to do is like reminisce about the things that you did as a kid that were fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And then do them as a skit as an adult. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Fucking hilarious. Well, I mean, it's like, it's all funny because I did an absurd amount of crazy shit when I was a kid. And most of it, like, uh, you know, like jackass had come out and I would just like, like all the things that are popular now on TikTok where people just say crazy shit to people. I yeah. mean, I do, I did that like all the time. Yeah. Like we had, uh, we found this fucking soundboard in a church dumpster, like a giant soundboard that they had just thrown out probably from the seventies or some shit. And I had a minivan with a sliding door. So we would just like roll up with a microphone with no cord in it. And be like, hey, what's up? We're from MTV. We're trying to get teens to do these wild stunts. And like, we talk people into fighting each other. We got flashed. That, that's kind of creepy. Yeah. And we were like, you, and, but when people would like, yeah, you're not from MTV. We just open the van door and point at the soundboard. And they'd yeah. be like, whoa. We're like, yeah, the camera's in the van. Totally. It was nuts, dude. I was just, you know, always up to some shit. Like, you know, I would like. Just get in, like, try to goad people in the fights all the time. Dude, uh, one time me and this dude, Brian, were driving my van. And this, I, I guess I cut the, I don't even know. I assume I cut the guy off or something. But he's just, like, raging in traffic next to us. And so he's, like, screaming at us. And so I rolled away. I was like, dude, get out of your car and fight me right now. You won't fucking do it. You're a pussy. You're a bitch. Your wife knows you're a pussy. You're going to go home to your wife, and she's not going to fuck you because you're a pussy. And just saying any inflammatory thing I can so this guy, you know, it's like a Porsche, like comes flying out of his fucking car and uh, starts kicking my van door. And so I, I'm trying to open it and I can't get out of the, the fucking car because he keeps kicking it shut. And he's, he goes full Goodfellas. He goes, you want to fuck with me? I'll show you who you're fucking with. And just keeps kicking my van door. Well, dude, my friend had the quickest thought in the world. He takes his fucking sock off, throws it over the car and it hits the guy in the face so he can't kick my car door. So I hit him with the car door and get out and beat this old guy's ass like in the middle of traffic. <laughs> I mean, we're just wilding out. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 just yeah. In, And it's just like uh, a lot of that shit with me was, you know, I uh, didn't have a dad, didn't really have a mom, raised by my grandparents who weren't around. They shipped me off to live with my mom who hated me and beat me and, yeah. you know, mentally abused me, all that shit. And... I just was like constantly searching for ways to like fit in yeah. and find myself. Well, it's like there's like a combination of things that happen when you grow up, kind of how we did, was like uh, impulse control and then like uh, propensity for violence. And then, and then also just that sadness of not having like your parents really give a shit about you and then fucking like wanting to fit in and, and doing all that. And then you're like, you know, you, you want to have that reputation of a bad motherfucker, you know? So people, you know, will see you as that, you know, and be like, man, he'll fucking fight anybody or, you know, that motherfucker's hilarious or just, yeah, you know, so it's, and I love to fight, but it was always like, 
I wasn't even like violent or ever like angry. Like it always was funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like the the story. Like every time I got in a fight, it was a funny story. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I was like, like definitely being funny was my move, and I went to fucking extremes. Like if someone would have just told me, explain stand up comedy or something to me and been like, yo, you can do this. I would have, you know, yeah, yeah, probably done well at just going and doing that. But there was like no direction for me. And I was just like trying to be in bands and uh, fucking wild out all the time. But do you think you did that? Do you think that if you wouldn't have done what you did, you would have had the same trajectory? I mean, like, you know, it's like, Oh, it would have been different. I mean, I started doing, I mean, my trajectory sucks. Like I've been doing it for nine years and I'm like an opener, but uh, it wouldn't have been the same thing because like I mean the one thing I do have that I use to be funny now is like the life experience I have yeah so who knows I'm just saying like if I would have had an outlet like I was funny like you could ask I mean that was like my role in like every I hung out with uh you know vastly different groups of people all the time and within all those groups I was like the funny person and that was, I mean, for sure, a coping mechanism. And then, I mean, like when you're a fat kid, dude, and you see Chris Farley, you're like, well, that's. Yeah, there, there it is. Yeah. That's what fat dudes do to get pussy. Yeah. Or like, that's, you know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I'm, and so I'm just relating to like, I, I get, like, I remember what it was like. And at the time, you can't sit there and look at it like, gee, I really just want to like be somewhere. But that's all it is, is like you're constantly searching for like connections and stuff. And like, I mean, just fumbled through like trying to be with different girls and shit and then had a girlfriend for three years. And then after that was like even more clueless about how to like meet girls. And so just like constantly fumbled the ball. I mean, I've talked about it several times, like many different times where I had gone so far as to like be alone at my place or their place or someone else's fucking place with a girl who like definitely wants physicality to occur and I'm yeah. too fucking nervous and stupid to like do anything about it. Sure. Yeah. And, or just like, yeah. You know, and I, and also like, dude, if there was like a group of people around, like I was like on, I was just like trying to be absurd, you know, like most of my free weekends and shit, uh, were spent going to the hardcore shows and occasionally metal shows that there was no hardcore shows and just like being a fucking clown at those. Yeah. Like fucking crowd killing everybody and doing belly flops and fucking picking people up and just being a fucking menace. Yeah. And like girls don't see that and go, hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and Isn't then that weird? adds to that adds to the frustration. It's like, well, nobody like after dude, I'm telling you, like after I broke up with that girl, I didn't uh hook up with anybody for like two and a half more years. Yeah. So you go from like getting pussy all the time to not from never to all the time to none. Yeah. That's not good for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Psychologically, that's a problem. Well, I think too, man, it's just like having a fucking, you know, the, the example for women for us was our moms and they're like great examples. So it's oh, like, yeah. you know, you, it's weird to talk to women whenever you grew up in an environment like we did. Yeah. And dude, I had tons. I mean, that's what happened is like, I know, a lot of dudes complain about being put in the friend zone, but everything was the friend zone. And yeah, it was my yeah. fault. Yeah, it, for sure. Like I, like, I would, like, what would happen is that I would be in a position to date a girl. 
And then I would be too fucking weird and we would be good friends. Yeah. Because they liked me, but not like that anymore. Yeah. Like once they had seen me like fucking rip my shirt off and fucking rub a chocolate bar over myself or whatever dumb fucking thing I was up to or fucking, you know, beat some guy up in a fucking for moshing different like that, you know, that's all over with. Like they're dried up, but then like they like you. So you're hanging out all the time and stuff, which is even more weird because you like them. And then they're banging other people. And you're thinking like, like the, that is what's going to get you pussy. And then it just does it, you know? Yeah. And I did it like, I, a lot of would like face, like I pretty much knew like dude, this one girl, this is, I don't know how we got to this, but, uh, and this is embarrassing shit. It's just funny to think back about it, dude. There was this girl, um, before I dated the girl, we were in high school and we lived close to each other, dude. And we were like into all the same stuff. And, uh, I got a car because I worked like I started working when I was 14 and I saved money. And so right when I turned 16, I went and got my license and got a fucking grand damn. I've talked about this shit before about the, like the brakes going out. And I just left it. Yeah. Uh, dude, I would hang out with this girl. She was like my, my best friend. We'd hang out every day, but I liked her. You know what I mean? Yeah. But never any signs. And like the majority of the time we were hanging out and it wasn't like on the forefront for me because she had a boyfriend the whole time. And oh, dude, that, think about how much that guy hated me yeah, and couldn't like do dude, or say anything yeah. about it. Cause she would get mad at him and uh, he sucked. He was like a, a new metal dude with caffeine pants and like, uh, anyway, uh, like the girl, but she was dating that dude. So it was like off the table. So it wasn't even like a thing. And then they broke up. But I mean, you know, they were banging. She would always have like hickeys and stuff. But like, and it was also a weird situation too. Like, I, I, you know, you got a boyfriend and you guys like bang on the weekends, but we're hanging out all the time. I don't know how to explain it. Just teenage no, shit. I get it. Yeah. And uh, this is a lot of those situations. So like, I finally, and then they broke up, and you know, she was real fucked up about it because they're teenagers and it's like their first love. I'm sure that was probably a virginity situation. And a few months went by and like, I mean, dude, we went to shows together, movies together. I ate dinner at her family's house. All like, we hung out. I'm telling you like all the time. Like she, like I was friends with Phil, uh, Adam Husher, Eric, and then this girl who I'm not going to name. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he'll get back and all those guys know. Who. Anyway. Uh, so, I, you know, and then like, I, and I wouldn't tell anybody about it. Cause it's like embarrassing and weird. Yeah. And so finally I, I like opened up to my friends about it. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Uh, and they're all banging yeah. a bunch. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like, what would it, what were the suggestions here? You know? And they're like, Oh man, just tell me how you feel. I'm like, okay. And so, Whew, yeah. You know, that's a month long process of oh, like yeah, building yourself up to it. And then like, then like, just getting weird. Cause I'm always trying to like figure out a way to hint and edge into it and uh you know she knows you're being weird and probably already knows what's going on and then finally and like at the most inopportune time i think i was like dropping her off one day and i was like hey i just wanted to tell you i think i'm in love with you and she's like oh i was worried about this and uh you're like one of my best friends so i don't know what to say but i don't want to do that but and then you know, I think everybody's been there. Probably. Yeah. I know I have, you know, but we're talking about looking back on shit and that's like embarrassing. But dude, weird you, shit. So, so this was, it, this, this happened to me this week, which was kind of cool. Uh, in a way I'm not, 
Only because it was like, because uh, it's, it's one of those things where you know you've definitely changed a little bit, but uh, there was a girl in school everybody thought was like the hottest girl in school, you know, of all time. And she's, she's still smoke show. The fucking super hot. You say that so, that's such a weird word. I, yeah, smoke I, show. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I was getting out of the car to run inside Kroger real quick and saw this girl and said, Hey, what's up? She is like, damn buddy, you look fucking good. And I was like, thanks. You know, it was just really weird. Yeah. You stupid fucking bitch. You know what you <laughs> yeah. But it was like, oh, but it was kind of because in high school, that girl wouldn't even look my way. It yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so it was kind of, it it was, I'm married and it's, it's whatever, but it was just kind of cool to be like, like, okay, well you, you've made this much progress, you know? So that's, and somebody, somebody from your past saw it and was like, damn, you yeah, know, no, good that job. Rocks. So it's and cool. And dude, there's the other thing too, is like, man, all the dudes I went to high school with, with the exception of like Phil, you know, my friend Phil is a, he's a, a doctor of physical therapy and he's like, lives and he's in great shape and shit. Um, and uh, some of my other close friends are probably look fine, but like, most of the dudes that I wasn't like close friends with, if I see someone like tag like one of those dudes tag him in a picture online or some shit, it's like, God damn, dude, you look like I don't look as old as I am. Yeah. And yeah. they look like every bit of it and plus some, like bald, fat. Yeah. So you know, most of the people in their thirties have like already let it go and shit. So you know, nobody then would know what, what you're looking like now, but Yeah. It's nice to fucking yeah. It's it's nice when, because in your head, you know, when you're a kid, there's there's a there's a pecking order, you know, especially with popularity and all that stuff. And then yeah. like, you know, with somebody like that, and you're in and you're on the low end of the totem pole, and somebody higher up notices you. Even when you're an adult, it's so weird to think about like that. But it's like in, in the back of your mind, you go back to being a kid, and you're like, oh, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and I was like popular in school, but it was yeah. from antics. Me too, man. It wasn't yeah. from like I was uh, nominated for homecoming king. I talked about this. I was to the teacher of and shit. But I mean, yeah, it's just like yeah, you're popular, but you have no idea how to fucking cash in on some gash. No, and it's a fucking weird time in life, man. And it's weird to look back on. But I mean, especially when you've been married for. A long fucking time and uh you see your kids like going through that same shit so all i'm trying to do now is help like navigate those waters because i didn't have anybody to give me any advice yeah like dude if, if an adult would have been around to just be like hey i see you hanging out with that girl all the time what's going on and i could have like trusted the adult enough to be like this is what's going on they could have easily been like yeah, you know, if she was interested in you, it would have already gone that way. So sure. if you want to keep being friends with her, do. But if you go this route, your friendship's over with. Yeah. 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 Easy advice, you know, simple shit that like we've all seen. Like my daughter already had a boyfriend and they broke up. And like even yesterday, she did her track meet yesterday and she got absolutely blacked on the first two sprints, like the 100 yard dash and a 200 yard dash dude there are these i mean dude just like these two black girls were like it was like watching the fucking olympics man like they yeah. did hurdles and shit and the hurdles were fucking three inches tall and it was cra i mean that nuts yeah. and so like 
dude, all the white girls are just like hitting the hurdles and falling and slow as fuck. And just get dominated. And then those yeah. two short sprints. And then she did the 400 meter. It's not yards, meters. 400 meter dash. And one. And uh, it may have well been because those girls had done like a bunch of other events. But like she squeaked it out. And that was sick to see. Like when you're like it just it rocks to see your kids like do stuff and succeed at it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, like she had a boyfriend and they broke up and like that's you know they're seventh graders, so it's like a thing at school. I'm like, well, what happened? And he's doing this and she's doing this, and like, yeah. you know they're both popular and it's a dumb thing. And she's like, yesterday she's like, uh, like I didn't get the video of her winning because I was like yelling and watching. I, I fucked up. I should have given it to my son to record, but I'm an idiot. And. uh she was like, well, I wanted to post online because Ryder could see it because he always says, I can't win. I hate him. I was like, hey, man. Just let it go. Yeah. This doesn't matter. She's like, I just hate him. I was like, yeah, you don't. It's just, you know, it happened. It seems important right now. But by the time summer comes around, it's going to be completely wiped away from everybody's mind. And it just doesn't matter. Sure. Like just let it go. If you don't let it bother you, I know it's easy to say, but you just gotta let shit roll off your back. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to do when you're yeah. a hormonal preteen. Yeah, teenager, for yeah. sure, man. I mean, I can't tell her from the experience of like dating in school, but yeah, I do know that everything that ever happened in school was like the most insignificant. Sure. When it, when it would happen, it was like life altering. Like, yeah, I got in three or four fights, and it was like the most important thing that ever happened at school. It seemed like, you know, yeah, just like a full month of like, man, you kicked that motherfucker's ass. Yeah. That was crazy. Like, that's not, yeah. You know, that big of a deal. Yeah. No. And some people do get stuck. Oh yeah. <laughs> Being the legends of their hometown and yeah. school. Yeah. And they're like fucking 30. <laughs> we know a guy that's like fucking almost 60 and he's still, he's still, the frat fraternity, you know, <laughs> just fucking party. Yeah, he's 40 something, but yeah, you're right, dude. It, it was crazy to go uh, to frat parties with a 30 something year old man. Yeah. And the frat kids would be stoked. He's yeah. like a frat legend, but he just also keeps coming around. Yeah. Nuts. It's crazy. But yeah, you got to let shit go, man. And that's like the most important part about being an adult is probably, I mean, I'm going to word that weird. The most important thing as a human is obviously having kids. Like, there's so much like, what's the point of life? Like, it's definitely that. Yeah. I mean, just biologically. Like, mammals reproduce. And you have to reproduce so there can still be mammals. So that's like the entire journey of life. Yeah. And then nothing matters anymore near as much as like getting them from point A to point B with hopefully the least amount of trauma possible. Yeah. And it's tough. And like, you gotta be a good example and you gotta deal with a lot of dumb shit without spazzing out, which we're all guilty of for sure. It's yeah, like, yeah. you know, your patients can get like, dude, my son will just ask you the same shit over and over again. Until he gets the answer he wants. Yeah. Or until you lose it. Yeah. And that's like, 
and you'll even like calmly try to tell him like, Hey man, you asked me and I answered, I'm not changing my mind. So you got to stop asking, but you know, it works on his mom. So it's just a kid thing. All kids do it. Yeah. It irks the shit out of me. And, uh, you know, sometimes that'll push me to the point. Sure. He try not to do that shit, but then at the same time, like it is up to you to teach them how things work. Yeah. They don't get like the amount. Well, they learn boundaries that way too. It's like yeah. you, you keep going and you keep going and then eventually I'm going to get pissed off and I'm going to raise my voice and I'm going to scare the shit out of you and that's okay sometimes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. Just doing what we can out here in the cold, dark world. Ooh. <laughs> that's been it for fucking this one, man. Pretty fun episode. Uh, it's taking forever to upload, but I did... You have to be a Patreon member to know about this arc of the saga, but you know we started talking about Operation Werewolf on the last episode, and then we watched the, like the Vice documentary that just came out about Operation Werewolf, and then we watched the Paul Wagner guy's rebuttal to that, and then I was like, you know, I don't want to be a fucking internet guy, but damn, dude, somebody's got to put this guy in his place, so I offered myself up. <laughs> I made a fucking YouTube video calling him out. Uh, I think I did a good job. I didn't call him a fag. Yeah. Uh, I didn't say he's gay, retarded. Try to keep it to a point where he would actually respond to it. So we'll see. So if you hear this and uh, you'd like to see the guy get put in his place, tell him. I don't know. He has a YouTube channel. I think it's basically his only social media. Yeah. There's also Devotion Jiu-Jitsu on Instagram that I think is him and his brother. I don't know. Yeah. Matthias is his brother. No clue. Supposed to be a Jiu-Jitsu world champ, man. They're dorks. I think he won at Purple Belt or something. Yeah. But hey, offer that up too. I'll grapple you motherfuckers. Uh, that's a good way to have it. That's like something Operation Werewolf should like. Yeah. It's like, hey, let's go to a gym grapple about it and then sit down and talk about it sure because like i'm not gonna beat the guy up he's like five foot two and that wouldn't make any points i just i think the guy is a white separatist i think he's a fucking fraud and i think he's manipulating dorks yeah and i don't like any of that and I think that he should be stopped. And the only way to stop people like that is to bring it to the public's attention. And like Vice did, but they did a bad job of it. Yeah. And it's even better to talk to the guy. Let them say or not say what they need to say. Well, it's civil discourse is what our society is missing anyways. So we just kind of just go based on feelings now instead of like, okay, well, you're going to set your feelings aside and like, let's just talk. And then I'll tell you what I think. And then you tell me what you think, and then maybe there's like, there's just a good discourse, like where it's just yeah. fucking you figure it out. You know, it's a little tricky with someone like that because like, there's not a middle ground. If a guy actually believes in like Odin, yeah, in such a way that he's been tasked with keeping the northern European bloodline clean from inter-race breeding 
you can't really uh come to terms, you know. He can say I'm wrong. I mean, we can agree to disagree. Yeah. But you know, but also having the platform to let him speak his mind and you speak your mind and let people come to their own conclusions. Yeah. That's, that's fucking, that's supposed to work. It's entertainment. Yeah. It's a meeting of the minds. Yeah. Except I'll tell you that I'm dumb as hell and, and he will tell you that he's a fucking guru. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dork shit. Dork shit. We're about to switch over to Patreon, so, you know, if you love this shit, or you even kind of like this shit enough to keep listening to us, help us keep going. $5 a month. Got quite a few this month signed up, and damn, do we appreciate it. Uh, all those $5 go directly to our producer. You may notice that we haven't been on YouTube at all. Uh, that's because the guy's busy. He's going through full cell to learn how to make films. He's got a fucking litany of medical problems, which I mean, you probably remember he got a fucking liver transplant. All the money goes to him. Uh, we don't have enough money ourselves to pay him for his services. So that makes the whole thing hard for him to justify using free time to film us. And this money goes to him. It's kind of like us paying him. So if you want to see us back online and shit like that, I'm sure that doesn't hurt. Yeah. And it definitely helps him and he's, you know, on disability and shit. So one of the best dudes we know. So the money's not like going to our fucking beer fund or anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So five bucks a month gets you access to a free episode, a free, a $5 episode every week, full episode. That's what we're up to over there. And we're about to switch over from this one to that one and let the fucking zingin' and zazzin' continue. Patreon.com backslash death metal detectives. We'll see you motherfuckers later. Horns up. Ooh. Infernal hells, doors. <laughs>